Bangarang Radio, Bangarang Radio, BangarangRadio.com. I'm going out, I gotta go, I'll Bangarang on the radio, so turn it up, I'm telling you, I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya, hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques L'Amour. Hey, greetings and salutations. I hope you're enjoying fall so far and the uh, Halloween season. My son, who's three, he just came home uh, to me today from being at his mom's house, and he's going to be Catboy from uh, PJ Mask. Is it, or is it PJ Masks? I don't know. I'm, I'm getting old and I'm not hip. I think it's... Oh, it's PJ Masks, yeah. I, I don't know. If, if you're a parent, you're probably familiar with the um, the TV show. But anyway, <laughs> he's just... So you remember when you were a kid and you would wear your Halloween costume all around the house up until the actual day of Halloween for trick-or-treating and all that? I remember doing that so much because I would, I would get a new costume and I would just be so excited uh, to wear it for Halloween that I, I couldn't wait to wear it, so I would just wear it around the house up until then. So that's what he's doing right now, and it's just the funniest, cutest thing ever. So I'm I'm really enjoying that, and I was told that I have to be some kind of animal for Halloween. I'm not really sure what kind of animal I'm going to be yet. I was thinking about a penguin, because I've always liked penguins. But anyway, that's besides the point. I'm bringing that up because we have 11 more days until you can buy that exclusive Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast Halloween merch. It is only available until November 30, or until October 31st, so until Halloween. So if you go to, uh, that's the other thing I wanted to tell you about. We have a brand new website now. Uh, I officially launched it. I'm still trying to work out some of the kinks, but if you go to poppunkpizzapod.com, you'll find a link for merch there. And that'll take you to our merch store where you can get the limited edition Halloween items. There's t-shirts, hoodies. Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. There's also uh, phone cases and other things. And if you're not wanting to buy the limited edition Halloween items, there are just regular Pop Punk and Pizza merch items available as well. But that's at poppunkpizzapod.com our brand new website and make sure when you go to checkout use that promo code poppunk to get two dollars off your order and that's our that's my main source of funding right now here on the podcast so all of the uh money that gets uh Um, that goes through the merch store, comes back to me, and it helps keep the lights on here, so to speak. So grab that uh, limited edition Halloween merch at poppunkpizzapod.com today. And also check out the new website. Let me know what you think of it. uh, Like I said, I'm still working out some of the kinks, but I'm pretty proud of uh, the the work I've done for it. And I hope you find it easier to navigate than the uh, previous website for Bangarang Radio. And one more thing before we get to today's episode with Stuby of Lucky Boy's Confusion. So every month I do a 10 songs episode where I choose 
10 songs, put them on a Spotify playlist, and I have you uh, give them a listen, if you like, for that entire month. So I've ar- I, I do this at the beginning of each and every month. So I've already done the episode and made the Spotify playlist for 10 songs for October 2020. Well, I wanted to go a step further, and I wanted you to be able to vote on what your favorite song is on the 10 songs for for October 2020 episode. So if you're a part of the Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast fans Facebook group, you can vote on your favorite song this month. And whatever song has the most votes by the end of the month, which is coming up here in like just a week, right? I'm going to actually keep that particular song on the playlist for November. So if you haven't yet, make sure you join the Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast fans Facebook group and vote on your favorite song for this month. And hopefully the song that you vote for ends up staying on our Spotify playlist for the month of November. I know looking at uh, looking at the votes right now, it looks like Annie by Drew Neely and the Heroes is in the lead so far. And uh, Heroes by Back on Earth is second. So go vote on your favorite song, and I'm really curious to see which one is going to come out on top and stay on the list for November. All right, so enough of the chit-chat. I have a special treat for you today. I got to talk to Stuby of Lucky Boy's Confusion about his 10 top 10 favorite releases that he's ever been a part of. So this isn't just Lucky Boy's Confusion. It also includes Super Happy Fun Club and the many of the other projects that he's been a part of over the years. And he said it was really hard for him to put this list together. So, And I think you'll be really surprised by what he picks for his, his top 10 favorite releases of all time. So let's go ahead and uh, get to that right now. Stuby, Lucky Boy's Confusion, also from The Hoodie Life. Welcome back to the, the podcast, man. Thanks, man. Um, sad that there's no pizza. Uh, right, but, uh, I know. Last <laughs> time was so good. That that place, yeah. the place that you picked out, what was it called again? I already forgot. Salernos. Salernos. That was so good, man. Yeah, I want to go back there badly. And they were so nice I've, to us. Oh, they were. And they've, uh, you know, it's, it's sad. Not sad because I'm totally happy about my move, but I've moved since then. So I'm right. not in the city anymore. I'm right outside. I'm in Skokie. I'm, um, but yeah, my kid's gonna grow up being a North Shore brat. Uh, but like, <laughs> you know, I she needed more room. I needed more room. Um, oh, yeah. Working from home was getting to be um, just unbearable, really, man. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. It just was not working for me. Are you still working but, from home? Or oh yeah, I was. Oh, okay. That's why. Uh, that's why I kept on changing around my uh, schedule with you every like two minutes because I was in a meeting that I wasn't in a meeting. And so the the type of work that I do now is very different. Um, it's not as much like I have to be on the phones for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. It's more like I have projects I got to get them done. So some days I'm working until like 
you know, uh, seven at night or I work weekends or I do whatever. Um, sure. But I, uh, but you know, I also could have the freedom at, at, to do a podcast at three o'clock. So yeah, you know, it's nice. Well, yeah. that's awesome. How, how's the, are you finally getting all settled in or? Yeah, man. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, um, I still don't have couches. Um, mm. COVID has kicked, kicked our asses, you know, yeah. Um, but, um, we got, I mean, I was in here, um, I got in a little bit earlier than my wife. Um, so we got real screwed up. I'm going to, I'm going to, you can cut this later, but like, uh, because I'm just going to tell you, but it's, it's just a little long. Um, we were supposed to close in July. We didn't close until mid August. So, but we were out of our place, our apartment in July. So we were at her mom's house for the last, for like a couple months of it. And then even when <laughs> we moved in here, we didn't have internet for a little bit. Cause there was an inner, there was an issue with that. Then we didn't have, I couldn't work without internet. So I still had to be at her mom's. Um, we didn't get our TVs in. We didn't get, uh, we still don't have our furniture. We didn't have a bed to sleep in and for like, um, <laughs> it just was bad, but yeah, it's Man. getting better. We're going to get our, finally going to get our, our couch for upstairs, uh, in a couple of weeks. And then, uh, you know, it's getting there, but my baby loves it. She's got more room. Um, she can, she, she started walking right, uh, as we moved in here. So oh, that's it's wonderful. Per- perfect timing. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, because there would have been no room for her in the other place. So. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. I'm finally like, it's, it's actually starting to go smoothly. Cause yeah, it's, I can't imagine moving during COVID and especially if you need things like new furniture or whatever, I know some of those things are hard to come across. So, or yeah. it just takes longer to get it because of the, the factories shutting down for so long. And then I also learned today that, um, Apparently mattresses, some of the materials that mattresses are made out of are also the same materials that PPE, they're, they're used uh, to use mm-hmm. to make personal protective equipment as well. So like, yep. I guess that's really messed up the, the mattress and, and furniture industry right now. So Absolutely. And then it's just simple things like um, COVID doesn't allow for... A forty-man crew has to be a ten-man crew now, just to mm-hmm. uh, empty off uh, semis. You know, like whatnot. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I got. I got to. I'm gonna uh, interrupt for a second here. Uh, sure. I just gotta run and grab a hoodie. It's, it's cold in my house. <laughs> sure, I get you, man. What's that? Oh, I didn't say anything. Sorry, uh, I'm, I'm walking away. Oh. oh, okay. Just sometimes I. With these, uh, this is the first time I'm using these headphones. So, oh, gotcha. Um, I I just paired with this, uh, with this computer. So I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, how far away I can walk from it right now. Oh, I get you. Okay. So, so I doesn't look like very far. Um, (laughs) I lose headphones. I lose headphones, and and my kid eats my headphones. Oh, so I only buy like thirty dollars. I buy thirty dollar pairs. I I will. I won't like. I won't buy those expensive ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like the ones. Anyway, anyway. (laughs) No, you're all good, man. I I Uh, left, I left a really nice pair on the, on an airplane. And I uh, said after that, you don't deserve it. So 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I did that yeah. with the first time I went to New York City. I left my um, iPod on the airplane in like mm. the seat in front of me, and that sucked. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. yeah, and I never, never, never saw it again. <laughs> you know, so yeah. But, um, yep. Anyway, um, so yeah. yeah, glad glad you're 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 settling into the new place well, and and everyone seems to be doing okay considering all the craziness going on. So, um, sure. but yet yeah, let's let's dive into this. Um, sure. Ten ten releases. Um, your your yeah. top your top ten releases of all the different bands you've been in. Um, these are yeah. these are your favorites, and um, yeah. I I think so. It's... I was gonna. No, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, man. I was gonna say I was gonna cheat and just come up with ten and not rank them, <laughs> and uh, just talk about ten. But then I go, but you know, I I don't believe in doing the easy way out. So I go, okay, no, don't do that. Um, but um, it is ten, so I, I'm not gonna spend as much time with them as I w- would like to. Sure. Um, but yeah, I got ten. Um. I, w- I wanted to say something before I get started. Um, so these are all releases that I was a part of that stick out to me and mean the most to me. Uh, they're all titled by significance to my life and I'll explain why. Uh, this is in no way a claim at my importance to these albums or saying that I wrote them by myself. A lot of people were involved with the creation of these releases and I'm gonna credit them all. Uh, however, I didn't rank these just based on the musical recordings. I'm basing these on the rankings and the time period and the significance to me personally. Uh, This includes the emotional lead up to the writing of the songs, arranging and producing it with whoever I produced them with and uh, arranged them with, promoting it, touring for it if we did tour for that uh, particular project, Um, even the parties that I remember being at during the album cycle. Um, Making this list, I realized that I put out a lot of music and I'm truly privileged to have had that opportunity to put these out. So thank you for listening and thanks for listening to the podcast too. Uh, And now that that sappy shit is over, we can go. (laughs) <laughs> awesome so should we start with number 10 and work our way to number one yeah man let's do it that way okay so number 10 for it should do you want me to say it or are you gonna say it you can go you can okay. you can read them up and i'll, I'll give <laughs> cool. you details on them awesome yeah. all right so number 10 for Stuby is uh throwing the game by lucky boys confusion and uh i'm sure <laughs> Uh, people would be upset if that was not included, right? I, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's probably one of my least favorite records um, that I've done for different reasons, but it's one of my favorite records, uh, obviously, since I made a list for different reasons, too. Um, and this one, um, like I said, in the not every record is all about um, the actual songs or the recordings, the actual digital piece of art that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, throwing the game was about, um, signing the record deal. Um, at that point in time, um, we'd been courted, uh, dumb pop song had gotten number one on Q101 for a while. Now we were, had an insane fan base, uh, already, um, uh, just, you know, on our own, uh, without, um, a label. And, uh, it was just, it just seemed like the right step, the next, the next step, um, then when, when this was actually done, uh, when we got signed, we made the record, uh, sorry, we got the sign, uh, got the deal. Um, I remember it was just such an exciting time uh, flying in New York and uh, uh, California to 
to meet with labels, to meet with people to, for publishing deals and new things happening every day. Um, we had a little bit of a hard time finding a producer, but we en en uh, ended up with uh, having uh, Howard Benson uh, uh, at that time of Zebrahead and um, a bunch of different other bands. Um, he ended up doing My Chemical Romance's big uh, album. Um, but Howard Benson's done a bunch of things. He's just really famous. And then it was mixed by Randy Staub, who uh, mixed uh, the Metallica's Black album. Um, and uh, the members at that time, um, <laughs> I mean, always uh, with Lucky Boys, have always been Adam Cryer, Ryan Fergus, Jason Schultz, John and Joe. So um, we had a couple of people, um, you know, I, I want to talk about the people that uh, helped with the record too, uh, that maybe uh, guested on it. Um, but uh, for Horns, we had a couple of the guys from Real Big Fish um, in the, uh, come in and do uh, some of the horns for uh, uh, City Lights and Dump Pop. Um, and then we had Cornelius. Um, I, I, I don't remember Cornelius' last name, but it's in the credits. Uh, but Cornelius uh, came and uh, played saxophone. He flew all the way out from... Uh, from uh, Chicago to come do that. And he played on Deborah. He does that uh, awesome uh, sax solo in the middle. Um, so those guys, Bobby Brooks is the guy that's all over the record doing for the skits and uh, whatnot. Um, it was, it, it was, you know, it was a really fun time. Like I said, it was realizing the dream, you know, uh, something that we'd been working for uh, flying to LA recording in Michael Jackson's house. Um, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, that's nuts. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, going to uh, we were going to parties in Hollywood and like partying with the cast of the '70s show and like uh, you know just it just was like it was like really rock starry. Um, mm -hmm. So it was it was fun. Um, uh, we were uh, we were staying at the Oakwood and they were filming Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, it, it just everywhere you turned there was like celebrities and it just was uh, pretty surreal for us. Uh, also really unlike us, so it was a little weird. But um, yeah, that's why this, this record made the list. And then. Man, I mean, we toured for, I think we played 225 shows in uh, 2001 when we uh, dropped the record. And that's in that saying something because the record didn't come out until May. So, I mean, we, the bulk of those 225 shows were after May too. So it's like, we really were on the road a lot. It was our first bus tour. Um, we started songs from a scene from that, you know, it's, um, so yeah, it's a lot of that, a lot of a lot of fun times there. Yeah, that that's a big one, you know. And whether and you uh, know, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go. I was just gonna say, I, like you said, it's such a big record for LBC, and you know whether you look back on the record and when you listen to it, you're like, oh, I don't like the way this sounds anymore. Those memories are still attached to it, and that's what makes that's, it. And that's yeah, that's what yeah, makes that's it so why special. Right. And that's why I said that at the top, it's like, it's not just all about the music right. as much as for these, these are, that's why I said, when you asked me to do this show, uh, I said, well, can I do my top 10 releases? Yeah. Uh, Cause it doesn't just put me attached to that, uh, to that Sonic, uh, release. It's the release itself. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and with, with, um, throwing the game, the one last thing I was going to say is, uh, that, it also just put us on a international um, platform, uh, which was really cool. It gave us the, uh, the chance to uh, play on late night. Uh, I mean, we were on HBO um, uh, with Green Day. Um, 
We did uh, the Craig Kilborn show. We did uh, all sorts of different appearances on TV and radio. I mean, we were we were on like 40 radio stations, major uh, radio stations. We flew to Japan um, and uh, had a record that uh, sold like 10,000, which is a lot in Japan, uh, records out there. So yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of really cool memories. And um, musically, um, Slip and Perfect, the last uh, two things on the record are, are two of my favorite things that we've done. So okay. it's not that I don't like all of it. It's just like, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I, I'm, I've gotten to be such a better singer of that style of music since, since we put that out. So I just kind of like a bummer to go back and listen to it, knowing that I could have done it better. Yeah. It's so different for the person who's creating it than it is for the person that's consuming it. It's just, sure. it's, it's so different. So yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, I can understand that perspective because I've just done a little bit of that myself, but I think uh, it's important for, for fans to, to be able to see that angle as well, you know? Yeah. Um, to be able to see that, oh, well, it's different for him than it is for me. Um, very sure. cool. That was uh, uh, 2001. That yes. record came out in 2001. Yeah, yeah you, I, I do remember, I think, I mean, I know that's when I had discovered Lucky Boys because I know that was one of the, was maybe that was the only year you toured with Real Big Fish? I'm not sure, but that's, that's no, how I... Uh, we did a few shows with them that year. And then in 2004 or 2003, I can't remember, uh, we did a really big Coast to Coast Roast tour with them, RX Bandits, um, and Catch-22. Okay. I I remember that tour now, and I guess I forgot that you mm-hmm. guys were a part of that one. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so should we move on to number nine? Yeah. Cool. All right, so all fund up the Super Happy Fun Club, and I was happy <laughs> to see that you know you included super happy fun club on here because um i absolutely loved that band um it was just sure. it was fun you know and yeah. uh, it was just about having a good time so um this record you know uh with the members were uh pat Kilroy, jeremy galanis phil kosh dave swick and chris mason uh it was produced and mixed in-house by jeremy galanis and it came out in 2013 I was in a really, really bad place in my life. Um, uh, Joe from Lucky Boys Confusion had just died, uh, and I'd just gone through a divorce. Uh, I was, um, it, it's a real personal record. Um, it was, uh, but I was writing some of my, my, I was writing some real good stuff. Um, and I, I know I, I wrote, I would say 90, 90% of that record but I wasn't really as involved in the, the arranging and the record, uh, recording. And I'd, I'd show the guys my, the song, I'd help uh, arrange it. Um, and then I'd just kind of hole up into my little world. And uh, yeah, um, you know, so the music was really just more my therapy. And it's funny because a lot of people that'll talk about Super Happy Fun Club um, will, um, well, you know, just say what you said, like, man, yeah, it just was like, just, I loved it. It was just fun. And it's like, well, all fund up was still fun, but man, is the, is it like, are you going back to it and listening to it? Even as, as somebody that didn't write the record, it's, it's sad. <laughs> like it's a, 
a really, really sad record. Uh, but uh, a lot of that, a lot of that time, uh, and the reason why this uh, record, uh, this record makes, um, this is the only full length they put out with uh, Super Happy, and uh, it makes a, a cut because I, I do, I think the quality of the songs are, uh, is pretty fantastic. And um, uh, more than that, it was like, it, it, it helped me um, get through that. Um, I don't think I would, I don't, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for that record. I mean, I'm sure I figured it out, but um, it really was, uh, it was a, it was a good therapeutic um, release for me. And I, even going back to it and listening to it, uh, which I don't do a lot with my music, but uh, once in a great while when I do, um, you know, it's nice to go back and remember that. I remember how much that music helped me. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was kind of like you said, it got you through that really hard time in your life with the passing of Joe and the divorce. Yeah. And it was mm -hmm. probably just like, okay, I need uh, a step back from what I've been doing and, and I need to do something different for a while um and you know it's funny and you can only i agree with you completely like the only uh thing that was something to take away from it as like a hindsight kind of piece is um and i think if anybody that's that's a poet or a songwriter uh, I, and i mean more lyrically right now speaking um will understand is that I'm a, I'm more of a proactive writer than I'm a reactive writer. Um, I don't, I usually, you know, like, uh, I'm kind of a futurist. I don't think I have like some kind of like, uh, any kind of abilities or anything ridiculous like that, or I'm comparing myself to Tony Stark, but I mean, <laughs> I, uh, like I, what I mean is, the, the biggest gift that I have in, in, is I have a great sense of deduction and I think I can see um, what's on its way sometimes, even if uh, subconsciously, even, even if I don't see it consciously and those are, and I write things and then they happen. This was one of the few, few records um, or if, this is probably the only record that was like, uh, that was like more of a deeper, like a more poetic record uh, that, was a reaction to what was happening in my life instead of uh, either a, a retros like a retrospective um, analysis mm -hmm. um, or I, I'm writing something and I, 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 it hasn't even happened yet, but I feel like something's about to happen. So it was a, it was an interesting way to look at that record. It's just like, I was, I was writing as the stuff was happening or right at, like right after the stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, because if I think back in my mind and think about the songs from All Fund Up and then think about, you know, some of your other, you think of Lucky Boys or even The Hoodie Life, the the, mm -hmm. the lyric, the lyrical content uh, is definitely, definitely different as far as it, it matches exactly what you said about proactive, reactive kind mm -hmm. of thing. This is, and even the, even the stuff that I write that's like... Um, reactive is more reflective um so like uh the song on uh on uh uh i'll find up called plus one um was like i wrote it the i wrote it i went on a date with my ex uh and it went really it was like i thought it was going to be the thing that was going to fix everything and it went really it didn't go really bad but it went really 
it didn't go the way I expected it to. And it, it kind of was like, oh, I was like, oh my God, she's done. Uh, and then she went upstairs to bed and, you know, there wasn't an invitation. And I just sat on the couch uh, and, uh, and I wrote that song almost in full in one, like one passing uh, right there, like right that, that day. That, and that's what I mean by it. It's like, it's very like, where like, so um, I, I didn't, I didn't give myself a chance to filter myself either. So that's the, the it's really, it's really a uh, very, like I said, I don't know if I necessarily even feel the way I do because it's so reactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's wild. Um, yeah. So let's go to number eight now. Um, this is a uh, farm boy, little man, uh, yellow eyes, a single. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I am not familiar with this. Like I, I don't want to lie and say I am. Um, I am not like literally I'm only familiar with lucky boys, super happy fun club and, um, hoodie life. Like, gotcha. so, so I, um... uh, so this, came, uh, so last record, uh, by the way, uh, I'll find out came out in 2013. Uh, this record came out in 1996. Uh, okay. this, is the, this is what I was doing before Lucky Boys. Okay. This, is what, this is the band that I was in that made um, Adam and Joe from, um, uh, from Lucky Boys be like, we want that guy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I was a senior in high school, I think, or maybe like, a little bit, a little bit after that, I think. Yeah. A little bit after that. Um, and, uh, we put this out, uh, we won, um, no, no, this is not the way. Uh, we just, we just knew that we had to go and record a record. Uh, so we, uh, we got some money together. We, uh, wrote, uh, these, uh, these two songs and put them out. And, uh, I remember the big deal about this one and I won't get too far into it was, uh, that it was just so, uh, people were like, what? how this can't be you you know like because uh people were like they just it just was better than what people thought um a bunch of teenagers should be um and um it was cool um uh it was like uh i kind of always knew that uh, something about this was special um like but I was also, you know, a realist in the sense that I'm like, of course you think it's special as you, you know, like, you, mm-hmm. you know, like you're, you, you, you don't, um, uh, but yeah, it was really cool. Uh, it opened a lot of doors for me as far as in the local music scene. Um, uh, it, it, um, it, it, like more than anything else, it, it gave me, uh, gave, got me, I, I was introduced to, uh, uh, Jason Sheltajan and uh, who's our bass player for Lucky Boys now, and uh, Adam and Joe um, uh, from a Spinning Jenny, then Lucky Boys Confusion, and Ryan Fergus was already in the band, uh, my drummer from Lucky Boys, and um, so yeah, it was it was really good, it was really cool. Uh, just two songs, they're great. Um, I wrote Yellow Eyes's end of the song in my uh, while I was singing it <laughs> like i didn't have a part i just started i just like all right they're like what are you gonna do i'm like mm, i'll figure it out they're like uh you know it just was one of those things and that's when i realized i'm like i'm good on the fly 
So it opened up that thing too. And also this band is uh, where the song one to the right comes from. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so was, was this like the moment for you when you like officially felt cool to be like making music when you got recognized like that to be like, Oh, that's, that's, that's not you. Like this is too cool. Yeah. To sound, you know? Yeah. That was when, when, when people were like, when I was like, yeah, you know, well, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm in a band. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, and everybody's in a band, man, you know? Yeah. And to be yeah. like, well, you know, I would hang out at a party or something because at that time I was going out a lot. I was partying a lot. Um, just really social. And, you know, I'd always have a tape on me and I'd, 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 I'd be like, well, I have a tape right here if you want to listen to it. And I'd pop it on and be like, yeah, who's this really? You know, that kind of thing. And I'm yeah. like, you know, and I'm like, dude, I'm swear to God, this is me. I'm singing. And they're like, yeah, you know, okay, sing right now. And it's just, that's always weird. But yeah, yeah, that was like that. And then people were like, no, no. And so like, then it would, it would start being like, people like, oh, what are you doing? Uh, you know, what do you do? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm in a band. And then people are like, whatever. And then somebody else that I'm not even that close to would come up and like, no, no, he's actually in a real band. Like, so that's when I got like starting getting respected a little bit. And of yeah. course, everything changed with Lucky Boys, but like, yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah. it kind of, you know, that was kind of like, it sounds like that was kind of like the first time where, you know, maybe people were like starting to take you seriously. And uh, yeah. there's just nothing cooler than like that moment when that that actually starts happening when people are like oh like this guy's serious like he's yeah, not <laughs> this isn't just i'm not just gonna play uh you know uh, like th the thing for me i always said this to people is like well there's there's a couple different ways that you can look at like music and and uh being in a band uh, you, you could you, everybody wants to make it or whatever you want to call it. But like when people actually start taking you seriously is whether they hate you or love you, that's when, you know, when mm -hmm. they don't go, well, when are you going to get a real job? You know, um, that's when, you know, so. Yeah. 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 That that's for sure. Um, all right. Let's move on to number seven. Um, this is uh, shock stars feel for a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, let me uh, really quickly uh, go over uh, Farm Boy's oh. um, credentials. I just yes, don't want to leave anybody out. No, uh, of course not. The members were Eric, Eric Herbig, uh, Emo Manuel, Eric Greenwood, and Ryan Fergus, and it was produced and mixed by George Langus, and that was in 96. Okay. Uh, Shock Stars Feel for a Heartbeat. Shock Stars was the band, the first band that I did uh, after LBC. Um, and it was a big deal because um, – it was scary you know it was scary it was like uh uh you know lbc was like i said has a very strong fan base and and um i knew and i i knew but i hoped that wasn't true but i knew that lbc fans were not going to be able to accept me doing something so different than what i was about to want what i wanted to do um but I said, I don't care. Um, I needed a change after, you know, 10 years of Lucky Boys. And Lucky Boys was starting to go in a, in a, in a direction that I enjoyed. But it wasn't, it wasn't just, it was getting to be just that one style of music. And um, 
which I mean, I'm sure you're fine with because considering your podcast is called Pop Funk, <laughs> like, you know, like I was getting tired of just doing that. So sure. um, Shock Stars, uh, this is uh, the second uh, EP that we put out, but I, I, I'm only going to include this one because the first one I felt like was just practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this one was like, um, it, it was uh, electronic rock and it was way ahead of its time. I, in my personal opinion, I know it's a cocky thing to say, but we were doing this kind of stuff that everybody's doing that everybody started doing like seven years later uh, with this, with a mix of like electronic rock. And I know there was a few bands out there at that time that were still doing like the faint and head automatica, but um, it, it was, what we were doing was just a little bit too early. Uh, and I think it would have, it would have worked, but this, this record is uh, really good. It's six songs. Um, I think there's some gems on here. Um, uh, and uh, a lot of these guys have moved on and, and done real good things. Uh, Steve Smooth and JJ Flores were in this band. They're both huge uh, DJs and uh, house DJs, and they, uh, uh, they're they very successful, still making music. Uh, Brian Lee uh, is probably the most successful person that I know that I came out of. I'm still buddies with this guy. Um, he's uh, producing uh, records in L.A. right now. He's uh, He did songs like um, Selena Gomez's It Ain't Me and Wow, uh, the Havana, the Havana song. Yeah, so he's doing That's a, huge. amazing stuff. Lady Gaga. I mean, he's done it all. So he's wow. doing real good. Uh, Blink, Blink One Eighty Two. I think he rec- he recorded some of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he's doing good. Uh, and then uh, Brian Sherman, who plays in, um, uh, plays uh, Lucky Boys Confusion. Uh, he uh, when Joe passed away, he uh, uh, you know uh, stepped up and tried to fill those big shoes. Uh, and then Joe Maskey, who I've been friends with a long time, uh, was our drummer. Uh, it was mixed and produced by J.J. Flores uh, at Bad Boy Bill Studio in uh, Elmhurst uh, in 2007. Okay. And, um, it was it was a it was I mean this was such a great time in my life. Uh, we played Lollapalooza. It was the last band that I really um, toured the states with. Um, you know, we wore face makeup and it was stupid and you know it was like, just it was like <laughs> it, it was just fun dancey rock music. And uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, a lot of partying, a lot of good times. Uh, I was I, I was at the clubs a lot for the around this time. Uh, not mm-hmm. really my thing, but it was it was fun for that time. But yeah, sure. so a lot of fun memories associated with that. It was my first step away from Lucky Boys uh, with uh, first time writing without Adam uh, Cryer from Lucky Boys. So it was a it was a big um, challenge in a, in a in a in a jump for me, and I you know I, and I feel like I did pretty good. Yeah, I mean that that's a whole different ball game if you've been writing with Adam for the last 10 years and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're not doing that you and you're doing something completely yep. different on top of that, you know. You're not mm-hmm. writing, you know, the the rock or punk oriented songs, you're you're writing something completely different. So And and you know, it was rock with um uh tinges of um it was half rock, half dance, half half like uh, electronic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it taught me a lot about like grooves. Taught me a lot about um, arrangements uh, uh, outside of that, and how uh, electronic music can work, and what makes it, what drives the song, and that kind of world and pop and pop rock. So yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, learned a lot. Yeah, I need to go back and and give that a listen. Sure, um, it's on a, it's on the things. It's on the things. Yeah. <laughs> I know I at know. this at this point there's so many things. I suppose that's what you yeah. said, right? It it's on the things. Yeah. 
It's All streaming right. somewhere. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna look that up because I'm very interested in that. Um all right, so number six, uh, the insecurities show your teeth. Um, yeah, uh, this uh, album um, was so you know, Shockstars is broken up, and um, so just like with Shockstars, after Shockstars, I wanted to do something completely on the other side of it, um, and. Um, so I picked up my acoustic guitar and wrote a bunch of songs. Um, and they were like alt country, folky kind of stuff was the first stuff. And then uh, on this record, I wanted to kind of show my teeth. And um, we picked up our electric, uh, you know, and um, made it a little bit more rocky. It was still like piano heavy, um, really, really indie. Uh, stuff, but I was um, this this record made uh, made it because you know uh, we got it mastered at Abbey Road. It was just fun. Um, a bunch of guys are really really good friends of mine, um, and um, and uh, you know as far as now, this is the first time I'm really talking about myself personally musically. Um, as far as the arrangements and the guitar work and um, uh, the structure of the songs is concerned, it's probably my most interesting uh, songwriting that I've done. Um, uh, I, I played a lot, a lot with uh, modulations and uh, key changes and, uh, and uh, very uh, uh, different styles of uh changing um within a within a song like dynamics um there's a few uh there's a swing song that i had a, a few guest vocalists on um and uh it, it's just really interesting and cool um stuff if you're into uh stranger like uh, if you're into more uh uh, like artistic, arty indie rock. Uh, I think uh, you'd like it. Um, mm -hmm. We had Ramsey Hassan, Chris Oraba, Dan Borgo, Brian Sherman, and Mike Ford, and it was produced and mixed by Brian Zuski in 2009. Um, uh, like I said, mastered at Abbey Road um, in uh, England, which was a big deal for me and Ramsey because we're huge Beatles fans. Um, right. Um, but, uh, you know, it was a, we, did, we did a lot of playing on there. Um, uh, it was the first time I played a uh, electric guitar on stage. Um, and uh, it was probably the, when I had gotten, that was the, probably the best I was at guitar in my life. Uh, and I've gotten probably, I'm probably the worst I am right now uh, just cause I don't play anymore. But, uh, but I, I, I was, I was, I didn't have a job. All I did was play music. So I got, you know, pretty good. And so I remember those times and I remember like really stretching my musical, um, comfort zone um mm -hmm. out and that, that that's why i look back fondly at this at this piece yeah i mean when you're doing something like that i mean that's really a moment where you can ex you know experiment with all kinds of different sounds and and really really test yourself um with sure. i feel like that's what indie is all about you know um it's all yeah. about doing weird shit you know um mm -hmm. and things that are just like did they just do a 
key change right there like that doesn't right you know it's like it doesn't even make sense it doesn't yep. make sense but it's like oh that's cool like you know so and I, the fun the fun part of it also was for at least for us was uh that i just did i was just doing whatever i wanted mm-hmm. after shock stars being so heavy on like gotta write pop songs gotta write pop songs gotta write hits gotta write hits it was this was a really nice thing where i said i don't care mm-hmm. i'm gonna write whatever i want to and nobody's gonna tell me otherwise and i'm like and if you didn't like it you could not be in the band yeah <laughs> so, so, it's, yeah. so once again another form of therapy <laughs> yep you know yep definitely yep. Um, all right, so number five, um, back to Lucky Boys with Commitment. Yeah, um, again, same members, Adam uh, Cryer, Ryan Fergus, Jason Shell, John Joe Self. Uh, this one was pr- produced by Miguel uh, from Sublime uh, and mixed by John Goodmanson. Um, uh, this came out in 2003. Um, so this was the follow-up uh, to Throwing the Game, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, this is, um, you know, I like this record a, a, a good amount. Um, uh, I thought it was, uh, at, 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 till, at that point in time, I thought it was mine and Adam's best work uh, as far as like songwriting is concerned as a, as a, um, as a, a duo, uh, like a writing duo. Uh, I thought uh, there was a really, a really cool shining moments uh, from all, uh, all the guys, Jason and, um, and Ryan really had some, like really were locking in really cool stuff. Joe was, uh, had some really uh, tasteful, um, intro, interesting lead parts. Uh, there's some good pop rock tunes on this record. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I'm really proud of it. Um, but uh, besides just the like, I would say this record is a little bit more like it's more about it was about the music and um, the experience. Whereas Throwing the Game was a little bit more about the experience, a little less about the music. But for this one, um, it was uh, man, we were recording with Miguel from Sublime. I mean, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> right. it, was, it was it was the coolest freaking thing ever. So I'll I'll share this. Is probably gonna be the longest story because I think. This is what everybody is tuning in for, uh, in my mind. If I was listening to this, this is the story I'd want to hear. Okay. So, All right. Let's hear it. Um, and uh, you might want to like precursor it with like, hey, you can skip all of his other <laughs> battling shit and you can just go to the part that you want to hear. Um, uh, so we, uh, we were, you know, uh, debating about who we're going to have uh, record the record. We finally decided on Miguel. It's cool as hell. Um, and he was cool as hell on the phone. Uh, I had already gotten um, close to him uh, just talking on the phone because he just is a, was a real cool guy, real, real great, um, real great. Um, oh, how can I put it? Like, he had such a good big brother vibe. So uh, actually, these are two stories. Um, so the first one was Electra wouldn't give us, Electra wouldn't, Electro, who we were assigned to at the time, wouldn't that wouldn't tell us if we um, were going to get another record. They were still they still weren't sure that they were going to make up their mind. Mm. Um, That's uh, frustrating. Uh, you know, sorry, really frustrating. So we had sent them uh, Atari, Broken, Medicine and Gasoline, um, 
something to believe, I think. And they're like, yeah, we don't hear a hit here. And we're like, what? You don't hear it. I'm like, you don't hear a hit in Atari? I'm like, or here's to you, the good life in me. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sitting here uh, saying like, oh, they're, you know, Fall Out Boy or whatever band, Blink-182 going to make it huge. But you don't hear a hit, like even a, like a, a chance for a, a producer of your choice to hear a hit. You know, like, come on. Like, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. So, wow. And, and I'm like, at least, so I was like, all right. So I get on the phone with Miguel, like near tears. I'm just like, dude, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It's like, you know, it's like, I'm just like, it's like, I just want to fucking, you know, like, I'm going to break down. I'm just going to, I'm going to, well, like, I think my car had just like had some problems. I can't remember why I said this. I'm like, I'm going to freaking walk over to the liquor store, man. I can't, this is just another, for another breakdown, man. And he's like, he's like, stop. He's like, hang up with me, go pick up your acoustic guitar and go write your, what I got. And what you just said to me, write about that. And I'm like, what's this fucking surfer hippie talking about, man? What the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, all right. I like, but you know, at that point in time, like I said, I'd, I'd gained a lot of respect for him. Like he was a really, even over the phone, you know, just, I just, I, he just had such a calming big brother, like a feel to him. Anyway, um, he, um, so I got, get off the phone. I, I literally went over I was still living at my parents' house because my mom wouldn't let me move up. And, uh, <laughs> she's like, she's like, if you're never going to be home when you're home, you're at least home. I'm like, all right. Aww, um, so sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, me and my mom tight. Um, so, um, so she, um, so I get on, I get on with, uh, I pick up my guitar and I like, like I'm like messing around and like, 45 steps to the liquor store, just another breakdown that I can't afford. But, and I'm like, and I'm like, these days, these nights, I'm like, uh, I go, holy shit. Uh, okay. So uh, I, I pick up the phone immediately after I, I know I, I gotten the parts down. I go, Adam, what are you doing? And he's like, nothing. I go, I'm like, I have to come over right now. And he, it wasn't like he was close. So I remember borrowing my mom's car because, my, like I said, my car was having some kind of problems or something. I can't remember. Right. Uh, or somebody's borrow them or I don't know, whatever. Uh, this is so long ago, I barely remember. And then um, <laughs> I drove all the way over to Naperville, went down to his uh, basement, and he, sit, uh, he, he was sitting at the piano. I go, dude, listen to this. And he starts immediately playing. I'm like, uh, he's like, well, what are you doing at the end of that? Um, at the end of that verse, and I'm like, um, uh, uh, another breakdown that I can't afford. Uh, and I'm like, well, I have this one line that I keep saying, but I don't know if anybody's gonna get it. And he's like, well, try me if I can get if I get it, then yeah. I'm like, well, can't worry about tomorrow's pain tonight. He's like, dude, you're kidding me. He's like, yeah, we're doing that, and you're gonna say that after every line. And I'm like, okay. All right, I'm like, oh, I'm like, so I'm like, uh, so I kind of, I can't remember looking at him, going like, oh, so you do get it? And he's like, dude, you're an idiot, you know, like just, <laughs> you know, we're we're both pretty close, you know, so obviously he's just, yeah. you know, kind of, yeah. So uh, he mentioned it in the nicest way, but uh, so and then, um, you know, that was a fun story. Uh, we recorded it. We went to the studio. Uh, we went to a, a local Chicago studio, 
um, that we recorded uh, some of our other stuff at, recorded the song real fast, um, sent it over to Electra, and they're like, yeah, okay, give them a deal. Give them the record, flew out. And uh, so that's part one of this commitment story. And the part two, and this is another cool part of it. So we, uh, uh, they uh, send us out to go, go see, uh, they send us out to go see uh, Miguel um, uh, to write a few, write a few, tune, uh, few tunes for pre-production. And that's where it sounds like Sunday afternoon came out of. And um, so, it's, but they just send me and Adam because, you know, we're the writers. Um, mm-hmm. So we get there. Um, we get to the rental car place. They've gotten us a rental. And uh, I, I'm in line with Adam. I'm like, so what do you got? And they're like, he's like, yeah, so we got the, what, the Chevy something cruise or something. I'm like, yeah, what else you got? And he's like, well, what are you looking for? I'm like, I'm like, what do you got that's expensive? <laughs> and, and, and they go, they go, well, we got a Mustang convertible. I go, I'll take that. And, <laughs> there you and, go. And then I, 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 I get in, uh, I, we pop the top driving down to one Oh one. We call our manager go, Hey, by the way, I've rented the Mustang. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, what? You're, that's on the label. I'm like, they can figure it out. Anyway, so we get in. So we get in. We drop our stuff off at the hotel that we're staying at, and we call Miguel and we uh, head over there. So you know, I remember uh, driving down, and I go. Uh, we, we get in the car to get down to go down drive down to Long Beach, and uh, I get in the car. I'm like, uh, you know, just driving a little bit, and I, I remember being like, "Hey, Adam, check this band out. I I found these guys, and I uh, I really like them, man. They're really different. They're really cool, and um." I played him uh, uh, the first four Fall Out Boy songs from uh, "Take This to Our," "Take This to Your Grave," "Grave to yeah. Our Grave." Or, oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, and he's like, "Dude, these guys are good." I'm like, "Yeah, man, they're, they're real nice." Uh, that Pete guy call, uh, calls me all the time, and <laughs> you know, I'm it's just funny. And we uh, we supported them like uh, way back in the day, but anyway, uh, happy for the success. It's still funny to, to hear those stories though. You know, it's just like, mm. it's still a, a, a mind bender. It's like Pete used to, Pete used to send me uh, t-shirts. So I'd wear them in our photo shoots because we were the big band. Right. Uh, and I'd be like, hey, I'd be like, hell yeah, dude. Anytime. And you know, I have no hard uh, feelings. I mean, we, they stopped talking to us, but like, we were never that close that like, I mm-hmm. should be upset about it. You know, You're like, right. uh, and they were never like uh, unkind to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, but yeah, it's all good. Uh, anyway, um, so the so we get in the car. We were driving up. We were, um, we're uh, this is before GPS and all that. And I'm driving up to uh, Miguel Street, and Adam just kind of he's kind of quiet towards the end of the ride, and I'm, and he finally goes, "Hey, dude." I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "We can't really talk to him about Sublime, man." You know, we can't fanboy out all over him. And, um, and or like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, man. I'm not going to say a word, I promise. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to play really cool. It's going to be fine. Um, you know, I mean, like, I'll just, you know, stick to business. I'm just not going to bother. And so we get in. We open the door. The whole 
the walls are aligned with like gold and gold records of sublime and like um, pictures of Lou dog and, and like, um, you know, like just, it just, it reeks sublime because he was sublime, man. Right. So like, it was just there. And, you know, so we're all hanging out kind of like, and you know, I could, I'm looking at him and he's I, like, we're catching glimpses. I know that we're like, Oh my God. You know, like kind of that kind of thing. Like, uh, and um, he's like, all right, oh, let's go upstairs. So we follow him up the stairs. Like, um, so yeah, you know, before the, before MCA, uh, this is where I uh, uh, worked on what I got. And then I put it, put this together here and Bradley was sitting right there. Da, da, da. I'm like, this guy's just giving us information. What the hell? So uh, like, still, I don't say a word. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, like you're just <laughs> geeking out, but like, that's cool. That's fun, man. Um, so we go up on, uh, you know, in California, everybody has like the rooftop um, decks, you know, they, uh, yeah. the, so they don't have to have the curved decks because it doesn't rain there that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're up there. He pulls out this joint, like the size of a hot dog and uh, <laughs> like, uh, like lights it up, hands it to me. And I'm like, I never, ever, ever, like, I don't like smoking in public. Like, I don't like, it's a, it's a, it's a very personal, like, I, I get real quiet. I don't like to just, it's not, it's not like, it's not like drinking for me where I like, I, it's a social thing. I just, it's a very introverted, very, very, but I, I'm like, I'm here on Miguel from Sublime's rooftop and I'm like, okay, cool. And I just hand it over to Adam and Adam doesn't even smoke that much. And like barely, and he's like probably thinking the same thing. So, um, and then as we're just sitting there, he just starts. Miguel just starts telling a story after story without us asking anything. And he's like, and then what? And then uh, my the thing that was like the biggest thing was like he goes, man, just sit. Thing was things were quiet for a little bit, and then he goes, man, I wish Brad was here. He would have liked you guys. And I, I think oh, I might, I, 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 I think I might have like you know like like uh, cried a little on the inside of going like, I wish wow. he was here too. <laughs> like, <you> know, like, <laughs> oh my uh, god! Yeah. So we, there was a million things like that after um, we uh, a, lot, a lot of fun recording the record. Uh, Miguel was a joy to work with. Um, you know, we had stories like that. We hung out the, uh, with Scott from Unwritten Law all the time. Cause he was right around the corner and friends with Miguel. Um, Cause they did their, he did their record with them too. And okay. then uh, we did, um, uh, hung out with like, went to a lot of parties in LA, hung out with like Travis Barker and like, you know, it was just like, it was very like rock starry again. Like, you know, yeah. like uh, where, where um, we didn't like at the time we were just kind of like, yeah, that's cool. You know, like hanging out with Jack Osborne or whatever his name is. I can't remember Zach or Jack or whatever. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne's kid. Uh, I, I, uh, I think it's Jack, isn't it? it I think I, it's I don't Jack. know. I don't watch. <laughs> I don't watch reality TV, really. So I, I, I'm not sure, but I think I it's something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, just like, but we, me, Adam and I, and uh, and and uh, were the only ones that were around uh, anymore for that, and we didn't. We, we're not really celebrity people, really. You know, we're, but but it was looking back to it now, it's like, oh, that was pretty cool. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, so, um, you know, it was just a really fun time. I, I thought the record came out great. I was, um, w- one of the major regrets that I have, though, is that uh, 
Um, the, the label really fucked with the record. Um, mm. They didn't let us put two songs on the record because they're like, they're too political. And it's like, I did not think they were that political. Uh-huh. Uh, and like, like, I'm like, why are you constantly trying to take the edge out of this band? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I mean, and it's, it's like, they didn't let the band stand for anything. And I, I really felt like soldier song that ended up on, uh, so whatever. Oh yeah. Outtakes releases and straight from the top would have been great for the record just to give the, the record a little bit more punk rock integrity to it mm-hmm. that it deserved because yeah. uh, there were gr- some great lyrics and, and some great like messages in those songs that um, yeah, the label just kind of like stuffed that down. But the biggest thing from this one that I take away uh, just as like a smile is that I got to give the proverb- proverbial middle finger to every motherfucker out there that told us that we were sublime ripoffs we're like oh yeah well guess what sublime likes us how <laughs> right. do you like that Matt? how you how, i felt yeah. like a uh, goodwill hunting how you like them apples you know like it's like <laughs> like like you know because like oh yeah sublime ripoffs you, you can't say that anymore when the band that you're saying that we are trying to be like it's like man these guys play some, these guys make some good music like it's like yeah 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 so exactly was, and well cool. i mean you did your record with miguel so there's bound mm-hmm. to be some sublime influence in the music but you sure. definitely weren't ripoffs i mean right you know i it, it, it almost every producer has a stamp on a, a record that they're involved in well, you're like no you, and, and and what i meant is i meant from before i meant from mm-hmm. before this record oh gotcha. so going into the going into this record like do us doing the pop punk and the reggae stuff mm-hmm. a lot of people would be like you know you're sublime ripoff or yeah. or you're you know this band or that band ripoff yeah. and we're like no we ha- have you ever thought that we might just be influenced by the same things that they were influenced by so right you know, like we yeah. both like the Clash, we both like Bob Marley, we both like, you know, like so that's what. And then when they were like, "Yeah, I want to produce these guys," it's like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> you know, it was nice. Uh, the that, record didn't end up sounding nice. anything like like what we thought it was going to sound like, though. Mm-hmm. We thought it was going to end up being a little bit more reggae, but end up being more like a pop punk record. But right, yeah. but hey, it still turned out to be a yeah. great record. You know, yeah, um, thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. And it's definitely, you know, something you can be proud of forever. I feel like, um, yeah. out of, out of, yeah. you know, out of the many yeah. LBC releases. Um, so I, I know we could go on and on about commitment. Um, cause there's, yeah, even... well, I mean, I just went, I just went lo- on longer because I feel like <laughs> a lot of the people that are going to be listening, uh, right. more know the, that more the, that record and, those stories are just kind of fun. So. Well, I do have one question. Yeah. Now that you were talking yeah. about, you know, the the dealings you had with the record label, like you you even still like had to convince them even after you had already been, you know, signed to them with throwing the game and everything like that. Um, yeah. I mean, was it, it almost like it kind of fits with the name, the album name, commitment? Like trying to get, the, I, I wasn't sure if there was like That's a connection we- there. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. And that's what that song's about too. Yeah. So uh, like it's 100% it's about, Hey, I thought you were committed to us. Mm-hmm. I like, 
I thought this was like a development deal, like where you're going to let us have a couple records to build ourselves up. Um, and, you know, not even giving us. And then after the record was done, they still didn't commit to um, putting it out. It sat on, it stood on, a, sat on the shelf for like eight months or something like that. Jesus. Uh, maybe not that long. Maybe not that long, but like, oh, oh, it, was, it was a while. Yeah. They're just so, like, oh, we'll yeah. think of, we'll think about it, you know. <laughs> no, you Gosh. know what? I I do think it was eight months because we recorded it in two thousand and two, and it didn't get released. It got released October in 2003, right? Yeah. yeah, but we did it in the winter of two thousand and two, so into two thousand and three, I believe. So yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, still, it's still like that. So yeah, that's ten months mm-hmm. we sat on the shelf. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, that's a long yeah, time. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. All right. <laughs> um, let's get to those were such cool stories, by the way. I really enjoyed those. Uh-huh. Um, number four, uh, back to Super Happy Fun Club with Go Fun Yourself. Yeah. So this one is what uh, made the record cut because uh, for two couple reasons. Well, first of all, uh, Pat, mem- uh, the members were kind of mixed in mixed in this one because we had in- mem- members in and out. But it was uh, Pat Gilroy, Jim Jagelski from Sizzle Tree, uh, Brad Chagdis from 15 Minutes Late, uh, Jason Javurik, Jeremy Glanis, Phil Kosh, Chris Mason, and uh, Pat, Jeremy, and Chris were uh, from One Life, um, closing, uh, Close Enough, uh, The Waiting Game, um, and Phil is from Trudy of Paris. Um, uh, Brad from yeah, 15 Minutes Late, Logan Square. So, I mean, it was like a super group of uh, Chicago like bands. And um, this was our first release. It was just an EP. Uh, but uh, it was fun. It was, and the songs are a little sad, but they're more, they're not sad like uh, all fun up. They're, they're more like, you know, angry pop, uh, pop punk songs, but they're done to really fun music. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I uh, after uh, doing a, but four years or maybe whatever, three years, four years of indie rock with the insecurities, I just wanted to do something fun and pop punky. Um, so I started this project um, and it was just so fun uh, recording it. And it was originally called Stubie and the Bad Habits, but I'm glad we changed the name to, I mean, I still think it's a dumb name, but I, I think both <laughs> names are dumb, but whatever. Um, but like, yeah, it's just, man, it's such a great, uh, great time in my life um that's when me and pat who's still one of my best friends uh became close again and um it just it just was such a fun fun time in my life and i think i was writing some really really good tunes uh we toured europe on this one uh right which was which was just awesome um i couldn't believe it like i mean those times in Germany and France and Belgium, I, I'm not ever going to forget them. Like there, there just was like the, the time of my life. Um, and I, and I was going through some stuff back home and I still consider that as some of my best times of my life. Um, wish I wasn't married when I was over there, uh, because it didn't end up working out anyway. Um, but, um, you know, like, uh, it was because, uh, uh, you know, I just was, I was carrying a lot of, of that stuff, not working out at home, uh, with me. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, I mean, some of my best, uh, one of my best lines that I think, I, or one of the best songs that I feel like I've written ever, it might be like, 
number one or number two, my best songs that I think I've ever written is uh, Light Pollution is on that record. And, um, you know, I got that line in there, like uh, that months and months of medication. I, like, it's just, it's rare that I look back and I go, dude, what did you do there? Do it again. Cause I, I, I I'm like, I want to do that like 500 times. Like I've been chasing one to the right for the last 20 years. Uh, and I've been chasing this line from light pollution uh, forever. Cause I'm like, where did that come from? It's um, so those, those, those um, moments of inspiration are also like where you can't explain where it even came from. Um, uh, another song like that, that I have is cigarettes uh, where that whole line came out in one piece for me. Uh, and I still, I have no idea where it came from. So it's not like, you know, you can't retap that, uh, that resource again. <laughs> so right. um, I have, a, I have a, a couple of those moments in, um, I have a couple of those moments in uh, on that record that make me always kind of like, like, oh, you know, like that, that those are, you know, just proud moments. Um, and, and just a lot of, a lot of good times. Yeah. That so was 2011 <laughs> produced and mixed by Jeremy again. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I don't know. I, I really liked super happy fun club. Um, it was just a great, uh, band and I really just enjoyed, um, the music and, and, um, even though it was obviously influenced by many sad, depressing moments, it, it was fun, <laughs> you know, like you said, yeah. it was, it, uh, you, you this turn... record I agree with. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. very fun. Uh, I mean, and, and like, it's like not as, I mean, some of the stuff is sad, like Generation is a little bit like sad. Uh, mm -hmm. Not a little bit sad. But um, it, it's still like, it feels um, good. And, and, and there is a lot of like fun involved in the whole, in the whole process too, though, because it's like, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of like the um yeah 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 like there's yes there's a lot of fun there's a lot of fun uh gang vocals and the and the sing-alongs there's it's a very sing-along type record so yeah and um, i think that's it, what it, makes it, it fun you know is yep, all the, yep. the sing-along and involvement especially when and it came angsty. came to live show yeah. right when it came to live shows i'm you know that that really kind of fueled the fire with with mm -hmm. those those uh, those lines. Yep, so, I agree. Um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. I uh, what what ended up ended up happening? How did how did Super Happy Fun Club just kind of fizzle? You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Phil, there was internal band stuff that was happening, like. Um, we never really like all the guitar players that played with us were all good. All, all like very excellent players, but nobody really fit. So that was one thing. Um, uh, except for Phil and Phil was played mostly rhythm. Um, mm -hmm. So like, it's just like, we didn't have that other piece. And then uh, the, um, the other thing that happened is that we had guys that just, uh, so we had Phil move to Ohio at that time. And then he moved to Texas. Ohio was manageable evil, maybe a little bit, but then he moved to Texas. Um, and then Chris Mason, our drummer moved to Nashville. 
And uh, I was living at, with Pat at the time, and I was just like, this is ridiculous. And I was writing some really, really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that, the, the last Super Happy Fun Club record would have probably been the best one, man. Uh, it was so good. And it was like, um, I met my now wife at that time. So my, um, I was in a much better place and I was just writing from that place. Um, mm -hmm. not I wasn't really writing like love songs or anything. A few. But I mean, like, it was like, <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, this, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was like, it just wasn't like depressing. And it was going to be fun. Um, uh, again, like the first record. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just sad that it kind of just went, it fizzled away. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to put together a, we almost had a reunion um, a couple of New Year's years ago. And uh, it fell through, but I'm still looking forward to it one year that we'll, we'll really get together and do a reunion. That would be um, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd be so down. To. Yeah, I'd be so down yep. for that. All <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard not to talk in length about these. Um, sure, yeah. We're, we're to number three already, though um yeah lucky, yeah we're back to lucky boys confusion growing out of it yeah so this is the first record i did with uh ldc uh we put out a four song tape uh same members uh it's adam a crier ryan friggins uh, jason shelch and josel um additional players is way too many to name uh we had so <laughs> many people do gang vocals so many people play extra instrumentation um you know, uh, produced and mixed by Chris Bauer um, and uh, George Langis. Uh, put it on 1997. Uh, the reason I like this record is it's just honest. Um, it's honest and shitty. Um, <laughs> like the recordings. I mean, it's just bad recordings, man. It's like well, sure. Uh, you can, yeah. Uh, the the I, I'm just I'm just not even close to as good of a singer. Um, or like just hadn't really found my voice. Um, I, I, I mean, I was still doing stuff that was, I, I thought well, I was like, looking back at it, like it, it, as such as how young I was, I still, like I listened to it again because we did the um, uh, 25 year or no, not 25. I don't remember, 20 year thing of growing out of it, I think we did uh, a couple of years ago. Yes. And, um, and um Listening back to it, I was like, yeah, man, this is cool. Um, it was good. Uh, I, I honestly did think it was uh, a lot better than I uh, – it's a lot better than I remembered, uh, I, I remembered it. And I'm uh, very happy with it. Um, uh, a lot of honesty, a lot of, a lot of experimentation, a lot of um, just doing – writing songs to write them. Um, writing songs because I wanted to. Writing songs because I had something to say or Adam had something to say. Um, and some uh, pretty positive record. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just, it just, it just a good place. And it put us on the scene, man. It put us on the scene. Um, we sold 10,000 records of it, uh, from the back, you know, like the proverbial trunks of our cars. Um, we, when I, that record, something I remember from it is, when 
Throwing the game came out. I remember every time I went out anywhere, whether it was a city or in the suburbs somewhere, I'd get recognized. The thing that happened with Grow It Out of It came out of it that I was like, something's happening here is people hated us. It, they, like, they just couldn't stand us. They thought no matter how nice we were, we were cocky assholes. Uh, <laughs> we, we thought we could get all the girls. We, just whatever horrible thing you could think of is no matter what, how nice we were, it didn't matter. And, what, and I said this to the guys one day, I go, it means that we're making, a, we're making our impact. It means mm-hmm. that if people hate you, it means that they have the, they, that there's something you're doing right. Um, so I was like, okay, something's going on here that's, that I'm, um, that uh, I should be excited about. Um, and, uh, and I did, and I, I was excited and it was fun. And um, uh, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a pretty, it was a, it was a grand experience. If the farm boy tape was just like, Hey, I might be pretty good at this, 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 like this is what put made my mom go all right i'm gonna get off your case i'm gonna give you a little time to try to do this <laughs> so yeah so, so it's pretty cool thanks mom <laughs> yeah exactly right <laughs> that yeah i mean it's pretty incredible i mean to sell ten thousand copies you know of, of yeah, that record awesome. you know i i mean that's a that's a major accomplishment. Um, I am I have the only unopened copy in my office right now. Wow! And and every time anybody comes over, like my, because you got to imagine, like my friends, most of them, I have play, I, I have a few that just are like, yeah, it's not really my thing, man. It's not my song music, or, but most of them kind of came up with me and they're like, dude, I lost mine a long time ago. Can I have this? I'm like. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. No, you cannot have this. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good time. So I, that, yeah, that, that uh, you know, it put us on the map, man. Put us on yeah. the map. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. Um, all right, number two, uh, back to the insecurities, ban the kiss hello, a social commentary. So uh, what makes this number two? Um, it is the best lyrics I've ever written in my life. Um, I'm not really sure what was going on, um, in my head really at that time, but, um, I wrote, uh, like this record is a, was a right after shock starts. It's all singer songwriter type stuff. Um, acoustic. Uh, alt country kind of stuff. Um, just good, poetic um, lyrics that uh, just a very lyrical record um, and a lyrical concept and lyric like a like a, a a very cool concept and it was a one big piece of art that I felt was very much my creation. So like uh, the album itself looks like a book, um, like a book sleeve. Um, uh, it's uh, the, um, the back of it, um, 
it has uh like every song has a a literary reference like uh man's and humanity to man uh you know uh it just it, it just i i made it a really lit uh literary piece for myself and uh the lyrics themselves are um just very um like i said futuristic i wrote about my future divorce that was going to happen i i like it's it almost creepily like it to the point of like, I was like, yeah. Um, it's just one of those things that I look back and go, cool. That one, that was a one good piece of art that you can like, even if everybody didn't get it, like I got to make this record the way I really wanted to make it. And, um, uh as a full unit and not just the music and not just the um not just the music and not just the uh like the recording or the arrangement it was just like the whole thing from everything i was never really that involved in the art of uh a lot of these records especially like adam's really good at visual art um and so's ryan and jay and i'm not so i just kind of like I kind of like stayed out of it. I just, um, you know, I just didn't want to, when somebody else is really good at whatever. So this is, this had been building up in my head for a long time. And so I, uh, I recommend everybody check it out. Uh, like I said, it, uh, the recording itself may not be the best ever because we did do a lot of it in, in house. Um, mm -hmm. but the songs are cool, man. Um, and, uh, there's some really like real some some real heavy shit in there, um, and uh, some good good wordplay and stuff. So, if you're a poet, I think you'd like it. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so involved in this record uh, was um, Ramsey Hassan, Jason Javerick, Chris Oraba, Dan Borgo. Uh, Joe Sell made an appearance on this record. Brian Sherman, who ended up joining the band later, uh, Brian Ragsdale helped with some guitar stuff too. Um, Produced by Stephen Gillis uh, from Filter and uh, the Insecurities, um, and mixed by James Harley, who also mixed um, uh, Lucky Boys' um, How to Get Out of Live record that didn't make this list, but anyway. Um, but I did this one for myself, man. And like I said, best lyrical work I've ever done. I, and, uh, but that's, that's, that's debatable, I'm sure, by depending on who you talk to. But, well, um, it sounds like you put opinion, a lot of... It sounds like you put a, a lot of work and a lot of thought into this this release. So that that's that would, was, yeah. That would make sense on on why you put it so high on the list and and um, why you feel that way about it. So sure, yeah. Um, yep, agree. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and check that one out too. Because um, now I'm yeah. really after you describing it, I'm really interested in it. Um, cool man let me know what you think yeah will do for sure um, so we're down to number one and I think I think some people you know were probably expecting like you know throwing the game or maybe commitment to be number mm -hmm. one but uh, you chose Lucky Boy's most recent record from 2017 storm chasers as your number <laughs> one release and i think i probably know why you feel that way but i'm curious to see why it's number one and see if i'm i'm sort of if like what i'm thinking in my mind is correct so um there's a couple things 
So, um, <clears throat> so this, first of all, let's see, uh, uh, members are Adam Cryer, Ryan Ferris, Jason Shaltijan, uh, produced and mixed by Johnny K in 2017. Um, so first record with Adjo, um, it was hard enough to get together and even bring it up. Uh, so the way this all started, so this is like, there's a, again, this is another one where the music is a big piece of this one, but uh, the other side of it is how it all came about. So um, I wrote this song um, in about, well, I, I'd been writing these songs for a long time since like uh, 2013 or so. And uh, even though I was in super happy, I wasn't using them for them. And I, I really didn't know why. I just was, didn't want to. Uh, and then I wrote this one song uh, called Storm Chaser. Um, and I showed it to the guys in super happy. And, I'm, and they're like, oh, that's great, man. I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, I can't use it for us, though, man. And I'm like, it's got to either be a solo thing or if LBC ever does anything. And I'm like, I don't think we will. But so I sat on it for a couple of years. Um, and um, finally, one day, I'm like, I just wrote Adam. I'm like, hey, I think it's time. That, and I'm like, so I was living in the city at the time. I hopped in my car and I drove out, out to go see him. And uh, I played him. Uh, Storm Chaser. And uh, it's cool because um, Adam and I are like, um, you know, we've been, we've been friends for a long time. We've been making music for together for a long time. Um, and I didn't have to tell him what it was. Yeah, I didn't have to tell him, hey, man, like I wrote the song about Joe, you know, like he just knew. Um, and it's not that obvious. Like you have to kind of listen for it. Um, so um, that, and then, uh, you know, uh, we, we hung out for two hours, wrote two songs, like it was nothing, ended up writing the whole record out. Um, and it ended up being a really autobiographical record for me. Um, and it, it was, I didn't really realize it until Adam pointed out. He's like, he's like, he's like this is the most autobiographical record that you've ever done. Um, and I'm like, hmm, okay. Uh, and um, probably the most like honest record since um, since growing out of it, you know, there was no like illusions of like writing pop hits, you know, like, I mean, mm -hmm. we were, I mean, I wasn't, wasn't trying to get on the radio. I mean, if it, if it happened, great, but you know, um, and I just, feel like it's a solid, solid record, um, front to back. And like I said, it's, 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 it's still like very lucky boys in the sense that like, it's very much like, um, it was, I feel like it's just a follow-up to commitment, um, mm -hmm. uh, musically and like lyrically, um, or actually, well, commitment and how to get out of life. It was just a natural transition. I know it has like a warped tour sound and, you know, I mean, it, it's great. I, I, I just really think that um, overall Johnny did an amazing job. Um, uh, uh, I feel like 
the 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 recordings do the songs justice um and there's just some really cool uh poetry in it and uh great arrangements uh the guys killed it on this record um yeah i mean it's just my favorite record um and the reason why this one does it most is um you know people will be like oh that's because it's just your most recent i'm like no i put out some music since then but it's the one i listen to the most it's the one i go to the most so that's got to be my favorite record right mm-hmm. so yeah um, and that it makes sense with with what adam said that just it uh proves his point even more about it being you know no wonder why you listen to it because it's auto you know biographical like you yeah, said yeah yeah it's my story, yeah. It's yeah. my story, yep. Yeah. I it's it's definitely one of my favorite Lucky Boy uh records for sure. So cool, um man. I mean it's just I I don't know, bands I feel like people <clears throat> um don't always give bands a chance when their newer material comes out later in their career. And I feel like it always there's a lot of times most of the time where it ends up being so much better than the debut that everyone knows by, sure. him, you know, and well, I, I feel and like this like, is one uh, of those cases, you know, I agree. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with, um, the fact that people have, um, and, and me included, uh, music brings back memories. It's like, I'm talking about, for people that are listening too. So, you know, even if the new stuff is great, a lot of times people are going to be like, eh, cause it's the old stuff. Even if it's crap, it reminds them of their first makeout session in the backseat of their car. You know, like, <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, like, it's yeah. just like, you know, so yep. stuff like that. that it, yeah. Think, um, right. No, I, I completely agree. It's, it's the emotional, attachment to it the the, that that Mm -hmm. strong uh memory that you won't Mm -hmm. forget you know so yeah exactly yeah i definitely agree with that but this was a great list man and i learned a lot from this this was fun and uh thank (laughs) you thank you for putting all the the work into it honestly that means a lot so i know uh you know you've got better things that you could be doing and and the fact that you put that together is fine means a lot so um so that was fun um now before we go um Mm -hmm. i know i mean obviously covid has turned everything upside down with music but i know Mm -hmm. i have seen online that you are or that lucky boys is doing some rehearsal sessions and and writing sessions together and stuff like that so i wasn't yeah i was gonna say i know like whenever you can you try and and obviously with with your health you have to really be careful um Mm -hmm. more so than others just because of you know um ms it's an autoimmune disease so right it's like you know you almost want to just live in a bubble probably and just never yeah it's got to make things difficult it is it is and um we've gotten two rehearsals and we got two songs down um and that's the good thing about being in a band for 20 years is that you're good at working with each other you don't have to like learn relearn um so it's good um this record is going to be 
the weirdest thing that we've ever done in our lives. Um, but, uh, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Cause I, okay. I, I want, <laughs> I want this to be a, a true surprise. Um, and, um, you know, part of me like is like, people might hate it, but I don't, I, I don't, it'd be a lie to say that I don't care. I do care if people like it or don't or else why am I, why am I putting music out? But what I mean right. by it is like, I, I, there's just not really anything to prove anymore. I mean, I hope people like it. I hope we make our money back, you know, like that we spend on to make it. And that's, that's not as much as I want to do. I just want people to like it, you know, um, I don't have illusions of grandeur that where like it, it makes any like sense. So with that in mind, I uh, approached the guys with an idea and, and said, what do you guys think? And, um, you know, to be really honest, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if I was um, ever really going to be that interested in doing another, um, I don't know if I'm really that interested in doing another um, record that's at least right now that's like um, that's like Storm Chaser or Commitment or How to Get Out Alive. Um, mm -hmm. I think I'm just like a little burnt out on all that stuff. I just want to explore and spread my wings again. Maybe I'll come back to it like like I did after a couple of years of doing Shock Stars and Insecurities. I came back to Super Happy Fun Club, you know. But right now I'm burnt on that stuff. Um, um, and I just... Uh, just like I, I got with like the hip hop stuff. Um, it's like, I, I feel, I feel like I don't have anything to contribute to that side of music right now. So um, when I do, I, I might do it, but right now I'm, I'm excited for what uh, LBC is doing. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Well, I'm excited to hear it. I like surprises. <laughs> so, <laughs> awesome. so this'll, this'll be good, man. Yeah. You got to do what you feel is right for you. So if yep. uh, you know, if you're not feeling rocky, pop punky, whatever the heck you want to call mm -hmm. it, um, then, you know, you got to write what you feel. So, yeah. um, cause it's not going to work if you just fake it and, you know, it's right. just gonna, people are going to listen to it and be like, ah, eh, this is really generic. I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, and that's, so. that was a good, cool thing about, you know, those last, the, the, the last three records on this list is that I don't care what you say, uh, about grown out of it, um, band the kiss and um, and uh, and storm chasers. That if those if those records don't sound like they came from the heart, and that like that they, that it was for the pure sake of the love of poetry and music, then you're mm -hmm. not listening. You're just right. not listening. And the, you you're coming in with you're coming in with pre uh, pre existing like uh, ideas of what the band or the, the songs already are um, because you might hate the songs or whatever, but to say that they're not honest, those are, those are three really honest records. And uh, mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, I think that it, that shows. And I think this new, this new thing that we're going to do, it'll be uh, hopefully, I don't know if it'll be the same honest kind of feeling as much as uh, it just seemed to be like they were doing something cool. So that's all I want to do now. I just want to do some stuff that's for myself and that's cool, different, uh, honest, and uh, not, not uh, you know, the, where the goal isn't to just get on the radio.
So right, yeah, I hear you. Well, either way, I'm I'm anxious to hear it. So hell yeah, it'll be it'll be a little bit <laughs> with this. COVID right, stuff, of course. Like, I know you're. Yeah, yeah, you're just diving into it. So yeah. and every everything has taken longer anyway uh, with with COVID. So, um, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but yeah, th- thanks for doing this, Stuby. Uh, this was a lot sure, of fun. I-, I hope you had fun doing it. I um, did. Next time, pizza, then. Yeah, dude. I hope. Gosh, I hope we can get <laughs> to a point where it. Yeah, it's cool to. To. We'll to do this meet again when we. Again. Uh, when we're doing the. When we're finishing the record. Yeah. Uh, no. And then. Uh, and then we can we can have some pizza. Yeah, that would be great, man. Um, just hit me up. You got my support, so. Yeah, all right, man. Awesome. Well, cool. thank you, everybody that's listening for listening. Thank you, Stuart. All right, all right. Anytime, Talk man. to you soon. Talk to you. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye. That really was a special treat, wasn't it? I mean, to hear Stuby talk about his 10 favorite releases that he's ever been a part of and all the stories behind each one i just found that to be super fascinating and it was really cool to hear his stories obviously about miguel from sublime but anyway thank you so much to stuby for giving me his time i know he's a super busy guy being a family man now and everything like that which i can relate to so thank you for uh, coming on the podcast stuby and look forward of course, to hearing what the new LBC record is going to sound like whenever that does get released. I'm Jacques Lamore. That's it for today's episode of Pop Punk and Pizza. Please, if you can, subscribe to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and uh, check out our brand new website, poppunkpizzapod.com. I'm still working out some of the kinks on that, but if you go to go to our new website you'll find links to the different podcast platforms where you can subscribe to this podcast so again pop punk pop punk for our brand new website and go check out the limited edition halloween merch while you're there there's only 11 days left to buy some of that limited edition pop punk and pizza halloween merch October 31st is your last day to buy some. Make sure at checkout you use that promo code POPPUNK to get $2 off your order. And also don't forget to vote for your favorite song for the month of October. You can do that on the Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast fans Facebook group. Um, Every month I put together a Spotify playlist, uh, 10 songs that I think you should give a listen to that particular month and obviously we're in the month of october right now so um those are the choices you have is is those 10 songs right now in the lead is annie by drew neely and the heroes but uh, maybe that's not your favorite maybe faded photographs by golden boy was your favorite from the 10 songs for october 2020 uh episode so go vote on your favorite song and whichever song has the most votes Uh, That song is actually going to stay on the Pop Punk and Pizza Spotify playlist for the month of November. It's just something I decided to uh, start doing like a couple days ago. I thought, you know what, this would be fun. Uh, Get a little more interaction with, with you, the listener, which is what I always want. And you can interact with me anytime online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. 
If you have some new music you want me to hear or you have an interview inquiry or you're a publicist, manager, etc., you want to reach out to me about being on the podcast, shoot me an email at bangerangradio at gmail.com. Or even if you just want to say, hey, that's cool too, but send me links to your music, your EPKs, all that fun stuff, bangerangradio at gmail.com. Well, I hope uh, you have a great rest of the day whenever it is that uh, you're listening to this podcast. I don't know, maybe you're about to go to bed or maybe you're just starting your day. Whatever it is, I hope uh, you end up accomplishing it and accomplishing it well. Uh, The next episode is going to drop here in just a couple days, Thursday, October 22nd. It's with producer and uh, record executive Lauren Israel. And uh, he's the man behind uh, the development of Jimmy, Jimmy World, Plain White Tees, Neon Trees, Less Than Jake, and many others. So I'm really excited to talk to him about the records he's been a part of as a producer and also as an A&R executive. So this is, this is bound to be a, a great episode and a great conversation, especially if you're a big fan of Jimmy World and Less Than Jake and Plain White Tees and all that. So that'll be dropping Thursday, October 22nd. Make sure you subscribe wherever it is that you consume podcasts so that way you don't miss that episode. All right, talk to you then. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.